you know, let's start with the basics, right? So, so we're talking with Didi, we're talking with Brick. Can you, you know, maybe Didi, you want to start first? Like, can you tell the audience uh, a little bit about you, about your background, you know, before this project? Have you worked in crypto before? Have you worked on NFTs before? Uh, and then Brick, maybe you can do the same. Yeah. So uh, prior to its crypto, I started my career in finance. And then I left the job in finance and started my own company. Uh, the company basically does logistics for e-commerce platforms. Uh, it's to become, you know, the end-to-end -end solution for the B2B space that was popping up pre-COVID. Uh, but, you know, after COVID happened, uh, we had to close the company due to, due to the amount of cash the company was burning. And then I was finding the next step, you know, and then... I went into crypto. I worked on a previous DeFi project with Brick. Uh, from then on, you know, the amount of stuff that, that we worked on is just that one project. We have not touched on NFTs, uh, but, you know, we're excited to explore Zulana together. Yeah, awesome. So Didi has kind of summed up a little bit of how we met there. Um, I started my career at a boutique VC firm in Manhattan. Um, after working there for a few months, uh, I moved with the CEO to be a founding member of one of their portfolio companies. I worked there for about two years, left there at the start of 2021, kind of, kind of uh, started getting into crypto full time around January or March, actually as a direct result of the NFT boom. Uh, my family is full of artists. They know that I've been into crypto for a while, and all of them wanted some answers on what NFTs actually were. So I was the only one capable of actually delivering those answers. So um, I got into NFTs at the start of the year, held a few different NFTs, including a board ape that I unfortunately sold way too early. Um, but I have SMB now, so I can at least say I caught that wave. Anyway, Didi and I met in a DeFi project in April of this year. Uh, we both were really impressed with each other's experience and work ethic and just ability to do things generally. And uh, decided to move on from there and started doing that around uh, the end of July. Okay. So, mm -hmm. No, no, that's, no, please go, go on. Yeah, so that's some background on us. Zulana, as a project, for anyone who doesn't know, what we're building is a NFT integrated mobile game uh, with gameplay kind of most comparable to mobile real-time strategy games like Clash of Clans or War and Order. So the idea here is that we're going to build this like kind of socially integrated, socially compatible game similar to Clash of Clans. Uh, a lot of the juice behind the game was this idea of playing with your clan, developing a tribe, playing and fighting and defending with each other. And we're hoping to experience into a product that also uh, blends with NFT. So what happens when you add a really powerful skin to play to earn mechanics is pretty much kind of the, the main question that we're looking at for developing Zulana. Amazing. Yeah, so so I think I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of those things uh, that, that you mentioned. Uh, but maybe, um, 
Where, where to start? Okay, so let, let's start. Let's start this way. So um, you say that. Uh, sorry, you guys can still hear me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So so um, maybe we can start by saying, uh, you know, it, it's a mobile game, but it also uh, uh, is 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 embedded on the blockchain. It connects to Solana. So, so I, I think a lot of people understand what Clash of Clans or, or another mobile game is like. But but how does your game uh, bridge into the Solana blockchain? Like, how are you uh, connected? And are, you know, are you are you coding your own smart contract? Like, um, do you have NFTs within the game? Like, like how, how does the structure work? Yeah, that's a good question. So, what is the actual integration? That's a great question. As far as gameplay goes. I mean, we're absolutely going to be coding our own smart contracts, and I'm sure like a multitude of them. Um, there's going to be a lot of proprietary like development work that's going to have to go into the back end. Pretty much what the the value add of the blockchain is for us is you're going to have these items in game. You're going to have these resources in game. You're going to have these characters in game. And the idea is that you aren't just going to have to spend all these hours developing a character um like if you can imagine pokemon right like you level up a character in pokemon you add to its stats you spend a lot of time with it um potentially hours or days of time leveling it up and training it in this world um but then you know you kind of can't do anything with it if you want to switch strategies if the metagame shifts uh you're kind of stuck with this character you spent a lot of time in um and what the blockchain allows us to do as a game is it allows us to give people the freedom to export their in-game assets and sell them, trade them, you know, have like actual liquidity and flexibility around their in-game assets in a way that doesn't exist right now. So um, the blockchain integration is mostly focused around the in-game economy and specifically around the in-game assets like um, the characters, the weapons, and the armor. I think it's probably the the quickest way to sum it up. There will be some other forms of integration as well, but that's probably the easiest way to sum it up in a sentence. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is this is great, right? So, um, I, I I think this is something that that gaming needs to evolve and and head towards um, mm -hmm. this this idea of you know we're, we're asking our fans to pay so many money so much money uh, for skins and weapons and yeah yes, Rick. No, I agree. Keep going. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and and yeah. So we're asking our fans to to we're we're getting some uh, um, sounds from from your microphone. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So um, we're asking our fans in, in other video games. You know, think think of uh, Dota, League of Legends. Uh, you know, think of uh, Overwatch. Think of CS:GO. Right. Uh, people are investing like so much money, uh, or or even some of the mobile games. Right. Like like Disney Heroes. Uh, that's one that I've played. That I know people have spent thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars on that game. Uh, for their characters and, and items and to level up and experience potions and all those type of things. And 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 when, when you buy all these items, right, you don't actually own anything, right? You, you own absolutely nothing because legally speaking, uh, what's happening is you're basically uh, almost like renting a service uh, from the company. And guess what? It, you know, if, if the company uh, goes uh, goes bankrupt or, or uh, you know, if, if you pass away, uh, these assets are not something you own. So, so you cannot uh, you cannot share them with your your friends. You cannot give them uh, to your children after you pass away. You cannot take them outside of, of that ecosystem, right? And and this is not true ownership, right? If you if you spend a hundred thousand dollars to buy music albums on iTunes, right? You own nothing. You own nothing, right? iTunes, if they wanted to, can go away, right? And you have no recourse. You have no legal recourse. You've already signed the contract. Uh, if you want to leave, you know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of music. 
uh, to your son after you pass away, you cannot because you own nothing, right? Like, and, and if you want to buy and sell and trade the music items that you own, you cannot. There's no secondary market, right? They have full control of everything. And I think uh, the future of gaming, the future of e-commerce, the future of experiences and marketplaces and media consumption, we have to head towards a future where people actually own what they buy, right? And and if you if you look at the stock market, you know, a, a few decades ago, maybe it was like forty uh, percent uh, or, or forty sixty percent of goods were like intangible, and and now we're we're like ninety plus percent, right? And I think we're heading to a future where most of the wealth in the entire world will be digital, will be intangible, will be stuff that you cannot feel or touch with your hands. And if we're going to a world where hundred percent of property of ownership is intangible. And guess what? I think that does qualify, you know, in terms of crypto wealth, right? You know, this sort of intangible wealth. Then we have to give true ownership to people, right? We have to let them be able to buy, sell, and trade these assets on other places. Uh, we, we have to have some sort of, of proof of title, of, of deed, of ownership, of transaction history, right? So that if, you know, someday uh, the official, uh, let's say, uh, Zulana uh, developer team can no longer support the project, well, the fan base or another team can step in, right? And, and take that history, take those NFTs and support that in a new form. But I think even grander than that, so maybe maybe you guys are not doing this, but but you know that's something. this is something we're considering, is even grander than that, that um, there's no reason why these NFTs cannot exist in multiple multiverses, uh, worlds, and video games at the same time, right? There's absolutely no reason. Like somebody can build their own metaverse, their own game that uses our Neo Nexus properties, right? And, and you use our properties in a way that, that also allows people to live and interact and, and use their NFTs. And, and you know what, not only do we support that, but we have zero control over whether they can do that or not, right? And, and that is so, so beautiful. So um, um, sorry for ranting, but you know, that, that's just a topic I'm super passionate about. Um, yeah, actually to jump in on that, it, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to comment on that quickly, two things, um, like the like, Diversity and the reusability of in-game assets is absolutely something we're thinking about too. And, you know, really we're building this like blockchain enabled mobile game, but Didi and I would both say that we're also building like a world. And anyone that hasn't been exposed to Zulana yet, definitely hop over to our Twitter, jump into our Discord. The first thing we ask you to do in our Discord is uh, choose a tribe. You're pretty much like choosing your place as you exist in Zulana as a world. And we have a really developed backstory and um, just like whole set and setting for Zulana um, that we've created. And what we're hoping is that eventually, once you have these in-game assets for Zulana, um, fans who are just as big of fans of the world as we are, are building their own versions of Zulana on their own and implementing the Zulana assets in those other worlds. Um, so. Didi and I are really working on building up a lore set and a world for Zulana that expands far past just this mobile game. And NFTs kind of like give you that reach to actually see the benefits of doing that. Like it's now no longer just a legendary sword from the world of Zulana. It's also something that you can port into this other world that a fan has made and they've done an animation for the story behind it. Or, you know, this is like even just the most basic examples, but the potential is pretty much limitless for this like reusability of I NFTs. Love it. Um, yeah, so that is super exciting. There was another point that you were making. Oh yeah, even just about the utility 
Another thing that's really exciting to us, and no promises on us building this into our first version of the game, but another thing is just like unlocking the financial value of the asset. Like, why can I not borrow against my rarest CSGO skins or something like that? Um, I'm not a huge CSGO player myself, but I am a League of Legends player and a player of another of uh, um, other games like Hearthstone. My Hearthstone account probably has a few thousand dollars uh, worth of cards in it, but I can't access any of the value that I put into that game. Like, why can I not borrow against it? Why can't I access that value in the ways that DeFi would normally um, let me? And that's another thing that we're really excited about for NFTs is that, uh, yeah, just like making that value available to people is, is kind of just the most competitive outcome in terms of how in-game assets will develop. And we think an NFT integration uh, is kind of inevitable in the long yeah. term. Uh, I love it. Didi, did you have something to add as well? Yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, and we, we view NFT as just, you know, a vehicle to achieve what, what we just said. Uh, building on what you just said in terms of um, uh, people having the ability to own assets that cannot be seen or touched. I mean, that is the future. And NFT is just the vehicle to get to get us there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on a few points as well. You know, just uh, Didi and Zulana uh, coming from, uh, sorry, Didi and Brick coming from a, a finance, coming from a DeFi uh, background, right? Uh, they, they have this view, like I do, right? That that NFTs are are you know in my in my case, I, I've said this many times. I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think NFTs are actually a gateway into DeFi, right? It's like this little cute um, artsy thing that people can appreciate because they like the art. But once they buy the NFT, then they slowly realize, hey, wait a minute, I actually have true ownership. I can buy, sell, and trade these things on multiple secondary markets. I can create my own worlds uh, and, and metaverses and game experience based on these access passes. Uh, I was trying to explain this to a lawyer friend of mine, you know, what NFTs are, and I think, I think they finally got it. They were like, oh, so NFTs are not art. They are the technology that allows you to have this sort of on-chain deed or, or title, right? Like that's what it is. It's this way of proofing ownership and, and of more importantly, tracking ownership and transferring ownership, right? So, so I, think, I think that's so beautiful. And, and you know, what, what you said earlier, uh, and, and I basically said this as well, uh, this idea of you have this uh, uh, core NFT, this real NFT that was sold or, or minted to fans, and then different people being able to develop their own world and their own experiences uh, using it. And this is something that's been starting to happen on Ethereum. It's been starting to happen on, on Solana. You know, if you, if you look at a project like the Moot, where, where the actual NFT itself is just a list of words, right? But the power of it is the idea that other communities and, and other people are creating the art and the world and the lore around those words, right? So it's this sort of community empowerment and also empowering other teams to build on top of the NFTs we created. And that actually reminds me a little bit of almost like, uh, I don't know if any of you are philosophy geeks, but you know, Plato's theory of forms, right? There's this idea that, for example, whenever you see a circle uh, in real life, it is not a real circle, right? It is simply a shadow. It is simply an imitation of the true circle, right? And, and there's this like true circle that exists somewhere in the heavens or something like that. And every uh, human encounter with the circle is is merely a shadow. Uh, and, and it's almost like, hey, we're, we're basically creating this true circle, right? This true NFT 
that can be verified on the blockchain historically as the one real one. But then you can take that circle and emit forms and copies and imitations and, copy and, and, and shadows of it in whatever universe or world or lore or, or movie or, or art or, or game uh, uh, that you create and allow people to use that NFT as a proof of ownership as a key pass into that universe, right? And, and I think, um, you know, I'm sure a, lo a lot of our ideas and, and philosophies are similar on that and I'm sure they're not exactly the same, right? And I think that's beautiful, right? Like what we're trying to do at NeoNexus is very different than what you guys are trying to do. Uh, but I, I hope that, you know, all the people in this space like us who are trying to innovate, you know, and push the boundaries of what we can use NFTs to achieve, uh, you know, honestly, I hope we all succeed, right? Because it, it, it's like it's like the blooming of, of a million flowers, right? It's much more beautiful uh, than, than a single tree, right? So um, absolutely. Um, yeah, that idea, what, yeah, what is this, it's interesting, the idea of like forms and kind of what ends up being real in the world of like everything being digital is a really, really interesting question. And yeah, I don't often think about like the philosophy behind this stuff because, you know, you get wrapped up in the pragmatics of actually delivering illustrations and nfts and ever like community engagements but yeah the higher level thinking about like what what is real when i print an nft it is interesting i think nfts are really they're, they're some of the i mean besides maybe bitcoin and ethereum and like these original og crypto tokens nfts are some of the first real digital objects like they exist outside of space of like personal, um, what do you call it? Like personal, personal blessing. Like no one has to give permission to an NFT to exist. And it's some of the first examples of that, that we have in terms of things that live online, permissionless objects online. This is like, this is what crypto has promised to deliver and it's what it is delivering. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to change everything. One thing that we've been talking to artists a little about and little about and talking to kind of like legacy people that are not necessarily in crypto about is like, if you're ignoring the innovations that crypto can bring to ownership and that crypto can bring to, you know, gaming and art and all these different industries, it really is like ignoring the internet in its early days. It's like almost negligent. I mean, it's, it, it is actually negligent, but it's a strong word to use for people that are just have no idea um, what's going on around them. Like for artists or for people who are building games to at least not be like peripher peripherally aware of what's going on in crypto, it's, yeah, it's to their detriment. And I think we're gonna see, I think we're gonna see things change a lot over the next five or 10 years. Um, Didi, actually, do, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, competition and how we see NFTs as being more competitive in the gaming marketplace? Yeah. Um, so in terms of competition, uh, we clearly have the number one runner, you know, Axie Infinity. So one thing about Axie Infinity is uh let's like let's be honest as a gamer like how do you how do you enjoy the game 
the the amount of games that are popping out on crypto itself are very um i would say they they're just trying to push the projects out by itself and then and it's literally called play to earn um the amount of level of uh let's say core gameplay loot that they've thought into it it's it it, it is sustainable but how long can it be sustainable for that's the question you know how how fun is the game uh i think that's one of the reasons why we actually created zulana and why we wanted to you know come up with this project by itself to you know uh be be one of the strongest competitors in the space itself one project that caught our attention is actually star atlas uh we were working you know halfway through the white paper when we found out about starters and we were just blown away by by the you know their graphics and i went into some of the uh amas their hour long amas with uh, with the ceo himself and one thing that he one thing that you know he talked about also very much is is metaverse you know we think that metaverse is going to be you know the future of uh, blockchain by itself in terms of uh, unlocking in-game assets or you know just unlocking assets by themselves we do know that you know the amount of games that are that are in that are in the space uh, outside of crypto that are doing very very well they're just monopolizing the assets and that's what um crypto projects are doing as of right now but you know we we are not we are not focused for metaverse in our first variation but instead we're going to focus on the game itself being being fun because as gamers ourselves we we want to play a game and make a game that's actually fun yeah i i i love this and and i think that um uh there, there's something that that maybe you're you're implying there right so so there are there are mobile games some of which are incredibly fun some of which are incredibly uh, successful and success can be measured in in terms of player base and player uh, engagement but also maybe you can measure it in, in terms of financial success uh you know there are some mobile games that i consider pretty terrible mobile games but they are financially successful so that's fine but those are not the ones i'm interested in uh on on the crypto space mm-hmm. uh we we also have uh, uh different types of success right like we have some projects that are successful uh, financially but but you know as as far as i can tell <laughs> I, i i don't think there's a single solana project right now that is actually really fun to play as a game right <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh, if you guys disagree but i i i think there there's so many projects uh, nfts collections and and little tiny uh, games on on solana right and, and sure some of them have people who who play them or or use them or interact with them but but if you take away the crypto and take away the solana like this is just a pretty horrible flash game that that you know a, a 10-year-old can make on, on their computer right uh, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly exactly that's why that's why you know we we thought of solana like why are these projects making so much money and why are these projects dominating the space we just don't get it and that's where you know we 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 decided to create solana Yeah so 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 I I completely get it right so it's this idea of like hey we have these uh, super successful uh, mobile games that are actually fun right and then on on Solana we have this beautiful ecosystem this beautiful community of interested people 
as well as funding, as well as interest, as well as people who are, who are willing to pay and invest in something that they think will be part of this technology and media experience of the future, right? And, and it is so obvious uh, to, to people on, on stage and I'm sure to a lot of people in the audience too, right? This absolutely needs to be the future, right? Like the future of Solana metaverses, the future of Solana NFTs, the future of Solana gameplay, it has to be an experience, an NFT, a metaverse, a, a game that can stand on its own, right? Like it has to be a game that is so fun that people will literally learn about crypto and create a Solana wallet just so they can play, right? Just like if you downloaded a game, you might have to download Steam or you might have to create a Blizzard account, right? Like, like, like you, you don't play a Blizzard game because you want to create a Blizzard account, right? That, that is stupid, right? Like, you know, you, exactly. you want the game to be so fun, the experience to be so fun. You want all your friends to be playing that game and they're spending three to six hours every day playing it and they invite you and you're like, okay, fine. And then that's how we onboard the rest of the world onto Solana, right? So, so yeah, please, please uh, add to that. Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about how games are fun, you know, there are a lot of factors that, that come into point. Uh, one of it, one of which is actually uh, in line with what Solana NFTs are all about. You know, the community by itself, you know, social dynamics. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that utilizes social dynamics so strongly that you know you get you get gamers that that go into these games and play for like twelve hours a day just because it is that fun to play with other people. Like, let's say, for example, one very obvious uh, game is League of Legends. You have players that are playing all day and they never seem to get bored of it. But let's talk about the core gameplay loop by, by itself. It is just one core gameplay loop, right? But yet, what's so fun about it? It's about, it's about playing with other people that brings, it, that brings the fun into it. And, you know, um, inside crypto by itself, uh, there's a lot of anonymous people. And we think that, you know, games, it's also similar to crypto by that point. Because, you know, people, when they play games, they talk about individuality. They talk about being anonymous. Uh, but, you know, at the core of it, these people, they still want to have some sort of social interaction or, you know, a sense of belonging. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was going to say, too, that like this, the power of the social dynamic at the heart of the game is just, it's impossible to, uh, to overestimate, like, one of the biggest driving factors behind why, personally, I'll pick up anything new is because there's people in my social circle who tell me, hey, trust us, this is something you should spend your limited time on. This is fun, this is valuable. Um, we have done the research for you and we're having a blast with it. So like, at the heart of what we're trying to do with Zulana, I think is this kind of like social proof um, mechanism where like, you're gonna play the game because your friends are playing the game. And this network effect is really hard uh, to start up. Like it's not an easy thing to do, uh, but we think starting from just like a core fun gameplay loop 
as well as having a play and earn economic system. We think it's it's really going to be too uh, too attractive to pass up. We think so. We're yeah. The the role of social dynamics at the heart of this is uh, it's impossible to overestimate. It's really key to everything. Yeah. Last I checked, I don't remember uh, XC Infinity being able to play with your friends. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so sorry, what was that question about Axie? Yeah, I said last I checked, I don't remember Axie Infinity being able to, you know, play with your friends. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's, the experience, it, it's not a team-based experience, yes, but, but there, there are guilds and there are communities on Axie, so, yeah. Yeah, but you see, Okay, one, one thing I, I want to add on to that. So, you know, how Clash of Clans have guilds, right? And then, I mean clans. Uh, but you see, when you play Clash of Clans, how much interaction do you actually have with your clan members? I would say not that much unless, you know, you really are a hardcore player until um, the clan events, you, you are there every day, uh, so on and so forth. But so one thing, one other game similar to Clash of Clans is called War and Order. And one thing about their social dynamic is it's very, very strong. Like you are able, when, okay, so because personally, I was playing that, that game called War and Order. And, you know, the amount of time that, that you are able to spend in there with your clan mates and everything, it's, it's insane. Um, the amount of interaction you can have with your clan mates in terms of gameplay uh you know having attack rates and all of that together with a clan that's another thing compared to clash of clans where you know you just attack solo to you know another castle yeah so so, so maybe maybe this is a good time um to to maybe um can, can you guys dive a little bit deeper into what your vision for the Zulana gameplay to be then? You know, we're kind of uh, dancing around this sort of uh, Zulana could be like Clash of Clans. It, you know, it could have guilds. It, it could be uh, uh, playing with your friends. But yeah, so maybe this is a great opportunity. Like, like what is your vision uh, for Zulana? You know, when do we expect uh, the public to be able to, to play a, a first version of this? And, and yeah, so, so what, is, what is the vision for, for the gameplay? Yeah, so... The very first thing on our checklist is, you know, as what we have communicated about, is to be able to enjoy the game by itself. You know, the, the second goal and, and, and one of the more important goals is to build a game that empowers players, you know, to own their in-game assets. Well, I think, Jack, we're, we're trying to get some specifics here, right? Um, yep. Yeah, and, so, and and, and I, I under I I also understand that you know uh, I think you need to pivot. Things are in flux, right? So so we're we're not holding it, you to this. We we completely understand if a month from now things change. But yes, yeah, so, so what what is your basic vision in terms of the gameplay? In terms of what people can do uh, on on this sort of uh, uh, when this game launches? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, this is like we've built up these design documents. The core gameplay loop is absolutely something we've thought about. So. It's going to sound familiar, to be honest, but the difference is in the execution. So at the base level, at a step one, you're going to have your settlement. 
It's going to be a few different buildings. Anyone familiar with any real-time strategy game is going to understand this dynamic of uh, starting from a low-level base, collecting resources over time, and upgrading it. And so pretty much what you're going to do is you're going to have your base, you're going to collect resources from the environment, and you're going to use those resources to prepare for our combat stage. And what combat is going to look like, it's going to look kind of similar to... You know, War and Order is a less popular game, but it's really what we're using as kind of the basis for our combat system. It's not so much a real-time strategy game like Clash of Clans, where you're placing units on, like, a isometric view of the map. It's almost more similar to an auto-battler, where your units kind of engage in 3D space, but your interaction with them is mostly limited to preparing them beforehand, before combat. So you kind of arrange your units in the order that you think is optimal based on your strategy of how your units interact with each other and based on what units your opponent has. And then during combat, you're going to be operating a hero character kind of similar to um, a character that you might have played in like League of Legends or Dota. So the player is actually going to be controlling a MOBA-style like multi-ability champion. Um, and these are the Xannies. If anyone is familiar with the vocabulary from Zulana, these are the Xannies, they're the humanoid animals that are, the, that are at the heart of our game. And pretty much you're gonna have these Xannies that you level up and upgrade during your time in the game, kind of similar to Pokemon. And so as the stats of these Xannies increase over time, they gain in value, right? And you know what better way to access that value than to have the characters actually be NFTs? So, that is kind of at the heart of the gameplay loop. You're going to play in these combat phases. You're going to win. You're going to take some rewards from your opponent. Maybe you'll rise in rank. Um, and you're going to go back to your settlement, collect more resources, and kind of start it all again. So at the core of this is really what we hope will be a fun combat experience, a strategic combat experience, you know, kind of a gameplay um an opportunity for gameplay that has the correct amount of interesting decisions. So I'm a nationally ranked player in Hearthstone. I mentioned it before, it's a card game. One thing that Hearthstone has done phenomenally well in its design is giving players the exact right number of decisions. So it's not asking you to make too many decisions about small and unimportant things. And it's not giving you too few decisions so you feel like you're not actively impacting the outcome of the game it has really struck a nice balance of saying, hey, these are the things that are important. Play around with those, see how you impact those and see what effect it has on the match. And so that's kind of the design philosophy we're taking into at least the combat for Zulana. Um, and then on top of this, we're gonna have a crafting system as well. You're going to be equipping your Xannies with armor and weapons. Uh, we've talked about the in-game items a little bit. And part of the play and earn philosophy that we're bringing to the game is going to be implemented in this crafting system. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much, I think that's probably a good run through of like the core gameplay as we see it for the game. You know, everything is also in flux, like Jack was saying. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to deliver a game too far from the vision that I just expressed, but I know for a fact, as we're getting into game development, what we are developing is going to change quite a lot. So I think we're gonna end up at that vision uh, by the end of things, but you know, specific implementation for a million things, you know, it, it has to go through testing, it has to make sense, it has to be feasible. So um, there's a lot that still is not set in stone about the game.
And then um, touching on what Jack said, you know, uh, when do when do people expect the game to come out and all of that? Uh, so if you take a look at our roadmap, realistically, we're looking at the game coming out at about uh, the closed beta will be out by Q3, Q4, 2022, and then the full game to be out by 2023. I mean, the first version of the full game to be out by 2023. So this, you know, everything can be changed. Nothing, again, nothing is set in stone, but, you know, we've talked to our game development team over at Keywords, and that's sort of, uh, one, of one of the more realistic uh, roadmap that we had. Okay, yeah, no, beautiful. I, I, I love listening to all these uh, details. It, it definitely seems to take its inspiration uh, from other RTS strategy games. Uh, from MOBAs, uh, from League of Legends, and that style of, of gameplay. Uh, I, I did have a question. Uh, you know, so so you talked a lot about uh, phases and, and ranks, upgrades, and, and crafting. So so um, you know, is is each? So is this something like League of Legends, where every time I start a, a battle, it's equal playing field, and and I'm only upgrading and ranking up within the actual battle itself, and then afterwards uh, I maybe lose that. And so every 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 battle starts out equally between sides, or is this something that has persistence? Uh, and so so the crafting, the upgrades, the ranks uh, is, is something that happens outside of the actual battles. Uh, you know, can can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So these upgrades are actually permanent. Right. So, like for example, you are, you you have a you have a Zenny that's level fifty. You go into the battle, your Zenny is going to be level fifty. After you come up from the battle, maybe it levels up, maybe it don't. You know, it the the, the basis it is that it's not gonna reset like what League of Legends does. Everything that you customize, everything that you level up, it's gonna be permanent. Got it. Beautiful. And and I also just pinned uh, the link to their Medium uh, article uh, that was written a month ago about a Zulana gameplay uh, overview. Uh, that goes into uh, some of these details and basically compares themselves to Clash of Clans, clans and, and War and Order. Uh, and I believe th both of those are the same, where, where you do uh, collect resources and upgrade outside of the, the actual uh, battles. And it sounds like this will be some sort of, so, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like this will be some sort of team or guild-based sort of uh, uh, battle where you have uh, perhaps multiple players in your team fighting against multiple players on the other team? Yeah. So one thing that we want to focus on is the amount of uh, interaction that you can have with other people inside your tribe or your clan. Yeah. So you you can you you can attack uh, another guy alone, mm. but you mm. know if you want if you want to attack that guy with another person, yeah, should sure, go like go ahead. It's possible. Mm. Got it. Yeah. No, this sounds great. And and they said sometime in Q2, Q3 of next year is some sort of playable beta. Uh, that is the, the current plan. And it, it seems like a, a realistic roadmap. You know, there's a lot of NFT projects that, that promise you the moon and they promise you these uh, amazing, amazing features. Uh, and, and, and they have these unrealistic timelines. And I'm telling you uh, as a developer, as a creator, a lot of these NFT projects are lying to you. Okay, they're lying to you. There's no way they're going to be able to accomplish what they seek to accomplish. They're just basically talking up their game to boost up uh, short term their NFT prices while while the wave is still bullish and the crypto is very healthy. Okay, but but you hear a project like Zulana, right? They're promising you something that seems realistic, right? They're saying 
sometime uh, next year uh, in quarter two or three, we're going to have a beta, right? And then we're going to iterate on it, and then they're going to improve it, and, and they're going to continue working on it because this is a long-term project. And if you're trying to build a successful game and you're trying to build a massive global player base, you need to have, a, you know, sort of a multi-year trajectory, right? So this is not like a quick flash in the pan, uh, build something and, and get all of your money and then leave sort of idea. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, like DD mentioned this a little bit before, but it kind of boggles us how many people are operating in the space where like, the next two months or like the next two weeks like to offer <laughs> it's just like uh, it just blows my mind like especially after seeing the success of axie which is like you know axie has done some incredible things and they've innovated in some incredible ways but no one can look at axie and play axie and think that like oh this gameplay is so innovative or that like you know i could never do this it's like the path <laughs> we do not have to reinvent the wheel we just have to put the elbow grease into connecting these systems that have never been connected before and you know see what happens so you know i think i think we're really excited for the future i think we're super excited to see what everyone else is working on this in the space dd and i have both admired uh your work jack a lot we're super excited about your next week as well um this is just like if anyone listening to this is interested in starting your own project, like do it. There's so much room in the space for people that are interested in doing real legitimate projects that like you're, you'll quickly rise above everything else. If you actually have something serious. So yeah, we're super excited about the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I love your project as well. I was glad to learn uh, more about it today, but you know, I, not, not only directly uh, because we, we are in, in one of the same discords and we have chatted a little bit, but honestly, like some people on my discord and, and just some fans of our project have come up to me and, and said, Hey, Jack, you know, a few of them have, they have like, Hey, Jack, have you heard of Zuana? That seems like a cool project, right? So, so definitely I, I think it's spreading word of mouth and, and I think Neonexus is, is spreading the same way, right? Like the core fans, the true believers, they really understand what we're doing here. And here at Unlock DeFi, we have an impossibly long-term vision, right? I'm trying to build a company that lasts a thousand years. And I know that sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous, right? And But I'm crazy enough to try to do something like that. And you know, when we're trying to have such a long-term trajectory, and, and I'm trying to build NeoNexus as the future metaversal 3D home and directory for the Solana ecosystem, and, and your homepage on your browser 10 years from now, you know, this is the website that you go to, and this is the first app you open in the morning. Like when you have such a long-term vision, your priorities are completely, completely different, right? Like, like you don't freaking care if you make a lot of money this month or, or this year. All you care about is can you build in enough of a following, enough of a community, enough of a funding, so that you cannot invest in just your game, but in the infrastructure, right? In the infrastructure, right? Solana is not uh, decentralized enough, right? We need to help that. Right? We need to spread the wealth. We need to onboard new users onto Solana. Right? I say this a lot, right? All these NFT projects. People ask me as well, Jack, hey Jack, why are you spending all your time interviewing other projects, introducing your fans to other Solana projects? Like, aren't you worried about competition? Don't you just want to put your head down and code and develop Neo Nexus and all like DeFi? And I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Okay. Because what we're doing here is we're building relationships. Right. We're also helping other Solana projects succeed. And guess what? Every single Solana project that succeeds, that brings new users, that brings new funds, that brings new interest to Solana. 
right? People ask me a lot, hey, Jack, should, you know, unlike DeFi New Nexus, what is your short-term goal, right? And they expect some answer like uh, AR or VR or gameplay. Absolutely not, right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a crap if you even join my community or buy my NFT. My short-term goal is to establish Solana as a very healthy and vibrant ecosystem. Because guess what? If you want to be one of those companies and you want to be one of those experiences that are successful, not one month from now, but five years from now, right? You better believe you need a healthy ecosystem. You better believe you have a lot of fans and interests. You better believe you have the tools and infrastructure, the RPC nodes, uh, the validator nodes, uh, the, the wallet applications that are safe and secure and easy to use, right? Until Phantom and Soulflare wallets are as easy to use as iTunes and, and iMessage and Spotify and, and Netflix and Telegram, we're not there yet, guys. We're not there yet. Right. If we want, want to onboard the rest of the world, we have to get there. Right. It's not about making money selling NFTs. It's about making Solana, the ecosystem, being so healthy that one day, maybe the largest tech companies in the world are Solana based. OK, so, so short term, definitely, definitely, definitely. We want Solana to be healthy and we're taking steps to do that. Right? We're taking steps to do that. You look at NFT eyes, uh, the gallery, uh, you know, one day, uh, literally like hours after I interviewed them and, and warned them that they might want to think about uh, um, scaling because they're running, uh, <laughs> they're running out of their personal computer and they were using free RPC nodes. I literally warned them that day and hours later, guess what? Their website went down because of load. And, and when I found out about it, we stepped in and they are still running on our, our RPC nodes. Right? I don't know how many other Solana NFT projects have their own RPC nodes. I would suspect less than 0.1%, okay? But we do. We do, and and we're here to help uh, uh, some of these infrastructure and ecosystems, uh, you know, utilize this because we're serving uh, uh, the community. But please, Brick, um, uh, you, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, how many projects have their own RPC nodes? Yeah, zero. It's it unless there's so few projects that Neo Nexus alone is is point one percent of the the whole project. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it's that that's unheard of, and that's incredible. I love NFTIs. I had no idea that you guys were. Uh, yeah, kind go, of go. That would be helpful to them. Honestly, yeah, go I, to, that would, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, go go to NFTIs. Like scroll down to the bottom. We we put in a, a little a secret little logo there where it says "Powered by Unlock DeFi." Come join us at Near Nexus. Right on the bottom. Uh, they have been using our RPC nodes uh, for several weeks now. They continue to use it for free. We are not charging them a single penny, and we're doing this uh, for That's the awesome. community. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I just saw. Yep, it. and uh, you know what? We're, uh, that is that is one of our partners. NFTIs is one of our partners. Uh, we're working on them to do something really, really cool. Oh my gosh! Should I announce that? <laughs> Didi, should I announce it? <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Okay. I mean, it's it's free elf. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. <laughs> uh, I wasn't supposed to announce it so soon, but but here I go. Uh, okay. Don't 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 kill me, guys. Don't kill me. But uh, here we go. Um, a lot of people have asked us, "Hey, Neo Nexus is really cool. I want to live in your buildings, but you know, look at Soul Studs. The floor is so much higher. And guess what? It's because they have this like beautiful uh, gallery view where people can see their NFTs. Can you add that functionality uh, to Neo Nexus?" And I'm like, yes, I mean, that's really, really easy to do. But we not only want to add that, we want to improve on it and, and make it better, right? And, and who better to create a gallery of NFTs than NFTIs? And guess what? NFTIs is already our partner. So I'm here to officially announce that for the last several weeks now, we have been talking to NFTIs and we have already uh, reached some sort of agreement. 
and they are actively, actively working with us to implement a gallery view on our website, right? So part of this will be work from my team, part of it will be work uh, from their team. But uh, basically before the end of the year, uh, not only will we have a full uh, uh, view and gallery of all 2000 residential properties, but, but if you are a owner of one of those 2000 residential properties, you will be able to display the NFTs that you own on our website uh, using uh, the beautiful UI interface of NFTIs through us uh, working with them. Uh, and, and there will be uh, some additional features uh, as well that I won't go into today, but these are features that NFTIs are, are working on and they will implement it for their own website uh, as well as ours. So uh, people keep asking, hey, Jack, you know, you do all these things for golden ticket uh, uh, owners, you know, all these AMAs and free NFTs and, and physical parties, right? On, uh, so Saturday and Sunday last week, we have physical golden ticket parties uh, in Dallas and, and Austin, and people came, brought their families. Uh, I, I met some of their children, talked to their fathers, and 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 we, for three hours in in, in Dallas, right? They, they, we basically hung and chilled and ate snacks, and people pitched me business ideas, and and we gave hugs, and and you know, you, you spill some drinks accidentally on people's head, and, and and then they say, "Hey, Jack has anointed me. It is holy water. I am never showering again." Right? So um, it, it it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But people ask me, "Hey, Jack, but but." us property owners we feel a little left out right like what's happening and we keep telling them hey wait you know we're developing stuff in the background we're working on so many partnerships there's so many things coming it's going to absolutely blow your mind but people are impatient people are impatient understand that so so here i have made the announcement uh, officially officially nfti's are developing a, a gallery view uh, uh, to showcase your nfts if you own a residential property that's awesome that's the coolest thing sounds exciting that's <laughs> That's so sick. I mean, the metaverse, yeah, dude, like implementing these things for these different uh, products that connect together and especially like hosts, having places where you can go and see all your NFTs in one place, like it's, it's massive. That's super exciting. Yeah. And, and that's just step one, right? Like simple 2D website interface with 2D art in, in, a, in a grid style. That stuff is easy, right? Like that stuff, like honestly, it takes like a few days to implement. Like what we really want to do like longer term is for uh, 3D galleries, for you to have, uh, if you own a property, to have your own room inside your Nexus where you can walk around and hang up your NFTs in the location on, on the wall of your choosing and, and change the size of the art uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller for videos to play uh, on your walls and in, 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 in your room, in your Nexus. But even more than that, you know, uh, not, not all of our NFTs are flat, right? Some of them are 3D models. So imagine uh, walking around this room and, and seeing your building projected on a table uh, in front of you inside uh, your room in your Nexus, right? That's sort of a, a longer term stuff uh, that we're working on. And, and um, I guarantee you that is also something that we're actively uh, developing in the background uh, with, with other partners. And um, I, I think if you looked at our initial roadmap and a lot of our initial promises, uh, we basically said that, you know, it's going to take us some time in the one to two year time frame. We're going to add VR, you know, sometime this year, we're going to have a sort of, um, and we still plan to, we're going to have some sort of uh, AR experience on your phone. We're still doing that. Uh, the gallery, we're doing that. We're going to add a 3D model viewer to our website so you can like zoom in, zoom out and change camera angles and really dig into how your building looks like. So all of those things are happening, but a lot of these things are happening faster than we thought. And they're happening faster than we promised, partly because how, how successful we are, but also partly because of partnerships that we have established, because no longer do we need to develop this in-house. 
A lot of these things we can develop in accordance with our partners. NFTI is, is one example of the three to four partners we are actively working with. Okay, so some of these things are going to happen a lot faster than you think. And then people come talk to me and hey, hey Jack, they're like, hey, you know, why don't you update your roadmap and all these things? And I'm like, come on, guys. I want to always, always, always under-promise and over-deliver. I do not want to put dates and specifics on a roadmap that might get delayed, that I might not be able to hit, right? But when we get close to something being possible, when I become certain that something is achievable in the short term because we have spent all this money, blood, sweat, and tears in the background, and I'm still working 16 hours plus a day, uh, when, when, when I believe that it's close to coming, then I'm happy to announce it to you, right? So NFTI's gallery, that is very close to coming. Um, and, and later today, uh, watch our Twitter, uh, something else will be announced as well. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so we've been here for about an hour already. Uh, I do want to keep the focus on Zulana. So, so, so Didi and Brick, uh, if you have any last words, please say, speak them and then we will open the floor for a few questions. How about that? That sounds great. Yeah, nothing else from my end. Yeah, me too. Okay, Glassy. So, so let's open the floor up for questions. Anybody wants to come on stage and ask a question to Glassy, to myself, to, to, to Zulana, to Brick, feel free. And then uh, when we start wrapping up the call, I, I do have a few last things to talk about that maybe aren't as exciting, but, but also very, very important. So. Looking good. Yeah, if anyone wants to join us up on stage, feel free to request uh, access up here. We'll bring you up quickly. I see Sol Neek in the building. Did you have a question for our speakers, Sol? Hey, how you doing? Sorry, uh, I kind of got sidetracked there. No, I heard the rest of that. This is amazing. The NFTIs thing, man. Uh, dude, you are making crazy headway here and probably one of the best projects on Solana. And I love how you are actually bettering the ecosystem with all of these, you know, cash grabby rust uh, mints and projects, just giving everybody a bad look. And uh, it's refreshing to see a project actually trying to make a difference. Like it, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't really have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sonique. We, we love fans like you. Comments like that literally uh, make my day. And, and on the NFT eyes thing, like, okay, so guys, like we're paying $24,000 a month, right? For 12 dedicated private RPC nodes, we're using like 0%, okay? This is ridiculous. We're overpaying out of our butts, but we're basically using on a daily day-to-day -day basis when we don't have a launch, we're using like 0% of our cap of, of our available uh, load. So I want to invite, if you are an NFT project, if you are a DeFi app and you need an RPC node or you would like an RPC node, please talk to us. We'll give you very, very, very attractive rates because honestly, we're wasting it right now. Uh, you know, Zulana, if you have a launch coming up with NFTs and you want to use uh, our servers, our nodes just for a day for the launch, uh, reach out to us and, and we will work out some deal. Okay. So just wanted to say that. But yes, any other questions? Hi, this is Vandy. Um, just want to say that I'm a double ticket, golden ticket holder, and I've I bought one on the secondary market under 5,000. I love it. I'm preaching Solano. It's so easy to use and I'm really psyched what you're doing in the space. And I just had to share that. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Vandy. Uh, again, love comments like this. You literally make my day. 
thank you so much uh, for being a fan. Uh, reminder that for sub 5,000 golden tickets, make sure to have them in your wallet today. The snapshot for the guaranteed tokens, right? So these are the tokens that will be airdropped to you uh, that will give you access to, to mint uh, one of the properties in drops two through five, right? The snapshot for that, it's a four hour time frame. Uh, I, I think it's like um, something like three to three to seven uh, p.m. UTC tonight, uh, uh, or, or you know you, you don't want to miss that. And uh, sorry, um, Brett, is that the right time? A uh, three to seven p.m. UTC. Can you double check for me, Brett? Okay, but but yes, um, uh, make sure you don't miss that snapshot, right? Because we're gonna take that snapshot. You need to have the golden, the sub five thousand golden ticket in your wallet within that entire four hour time frame, whatever that snapshot is. When's the snapshot? It is? Yeah, what time is the snapshot, Brett, for the uh, sub 5,000 golden tickets? Okay, so, so Brett's checking for me. But um, yeah, so make sure you have your sub 5,000 golden ticket in your wallet the entire four hour time frame. That is the only way we can guarantee. Okay, so it's sorry, it's, it's 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. UTC tonight. Okay, tonight. So convert that UTC into your local time zone. Make sure you have those five, sub 5,000 tickets in your wallet then. To guarantee that this this token will be airdropped to you after this token airdrop happens, which will be later this week, right? The snapshot is happening uh, tonight. The the actual token drop will be happening uh, uh, very soon, maybe later this week, maybe next week. Uh, uh, the art is is basically uh, almost ready for that. Um, it's basically ready, but we have to do some rendering. Um, then after that, all the golden tickets will be the same, right? No matter what number you have, if you have number one or if you have number thirteen thousand, uh, they will be exactly the same. Uh, uh, Digital Eyes is going to help us. Um, uh, take down the listings and, and put up the listings again. So it's one entire listing. Uh, Magic Eden currently doesn't have the technology to do that. Uh, we're putting in some, some requests to add this feature, a feature request for Magic Eden to do this for us. Uh, and after this is done, this will make listing uh, so much easier. And so, so then we might approach uh, other sites like FTX and be like, hey, you've already approved us to list residential properties. Can we also list our golden tickets with you as well? Now that we have all of these things uh, cleaned up. So, so thank you, uh, Vandy. Uh, any other uh, comments or, or questions? And um, yeah, and, and obviously, you know, I, I've been asking uh, Brick and Didi, uh, you guys, questions. Do you two have any questions for me? Um, we do actually. We do. <laughs> uh, Brick, you want to go? Yeah, sure. So I'm curious, actually. This is maybe not in the weeds so what we're planning for our alpha drop is we're planning for an nft that is going to open up access to our future drops for uh holders so we're planning on actually a system really similar to the golden ticket and okay. kind of actually taking some inspiration for the actual mint design from the golden ticket with this idea of kind of like a, an ultra premium capped supply and then a time bound mint for the kind of lower level of premium I love uh, it. nft so i think we were just curious like even from like a from a designer's perspective was there anything that you would have changed about your minting system or anything that you thought maybe didn't make sense or suboptimal oh no that, that, that that's a great question uh so let me see what, what... Going back, would there be anything I would have changed? I, I, I think for us, uh, I wouldn't have changed the design. I, I would have changed the messaging. I, I would have changed uh, um, a little bit about how we described it. Because what happened with us was that uh, because we said that there was uh, uh, no limit, because we said it was time limited, 
people assumed that there was a limit like like it's almost like you know if, if you have an nft project launching and you and you say oh my limit is five thousand and you put that clearly on your website then everybody's like oh it's five thousand you know if the limit is eight thousand eight hundred eighty eight then people see that on your website and they're like oh it's eight thousand eight hundred eighty eight so what we realized was when we don't have a capped mint people just assume it's ten thousand <laughs> it's like it's like if they don't see a number they just assume it's ten thousand just because they've been brainwashed for all these like ten thousand projects and there's nothing special about the number ten thousand I can tell you that I was a math major. I do a lot of numbers. There's nothing special about 10,000. Okay, so um, so that was a point of confusion. Like we had so many users uh, buy our NFTs just assuming that the cap was 10,000. Um, I, I think one of the other points of confusion was that um, people are not used to a time limited mint, right? When we did it, we were the first, right? And honestly, I, I don't know if anything on any blockchain has done a completely time limited mint with infinite mint before. We might be the first, honestly, I, and you might be holding a historic NFT in the history of NFTs. I don't know. That might be true. And um, in terms of that, I, I think we had a lot of confusion because people are so um, used to aping, right? They're so used to going on a website and the mint selling out immediately for popular projects that people literally were like went to our website because our, our, our friend told them about it. And they were like, wow, golden tickets are not sold out yet. Bye, 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 right? And they don't even spend a single minute reading our description or, or our structure or anything like that. And those tended to be some of the users that were disappointed because they felt like they were lied to and they, they were cheated when it was completely their fault that they didn't read. And they thought, oh, I just need to ape now and learn later because the mint hasn't sold out yet. So I would say like those two are the biggest issues we ran into. The fact that uh, it wasn't clear to people that it was an infinite mint. And the other thing that it wasn't clear to people that it was a time limit and there was no need to rush uh, to buy. So, so I think I think it was an issue with messaging. I think going back, I, I would have uh, spent a lot more time designing our messaging on our website to make that clear because uh, it seems that um, because this is different and this is new, uh, instead of uh, um, we were wrong to expect that people would spend the time to learn about what it was. And instead, what people basically they just assumed it was like every other mint with ten thousand limit, and and uh, uh, it was going to sell it very quickly. So so those are like the two big lessons I think. Yeah, we've seen messaging be like one of the hardest things. It's so difficult because you can't enforce that anyone actually does their due diligence. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Dean and I actually funnily funnily funny that we say that because we're actually thinking of trying to implement a system for that for our next mint that um, you cannot mint our NFT unless you're genuinely interested. Because, Yo, I, I love it, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's great to know. Yeah, messaging has been something that is, you know, paramount in terms of importance, but just really hard to, to get exactly right. So many people find you through different channels, they hear about different aspects of your project through different ways, and it's, it's really difficult to make sure that everyone is on the same page, so. I think that's that's pretty insightful, and we have actually found the same thing ourselves. Um, yeah, and, and definitely, uh, uh, Didi and Brick, you know, I, I love your ideas. Uh, yeah, keep asking me questions today, but but definitely, like even after uh, uh, this talk today, you know, hey, PM me, right? Let's get a Discord chat open. I, I'm happy to talk to you about your ideas, and I'm happy to to maybe partner with you guys in a deeper way in, in the future. Awesome. That's super exciting. Yeah, we would love that. We're huge fans of everything that you're doing and everything that you've built. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be huge. Um, we've got a few more questions here. I don't know how much time we have. Didi, do you want to ask Jack one of the other questions? Go for it. Yeah. So one thing that 
that we love about you know new nexus is is the fact that you have a very broad and long vision for it but what we want to ask is you know what what is the most exciting thing <laughs> for the future of new like for the future of new nexus yeah. if you could if you could only name one thing okay I, I, I think the, the most exciting uh, shorter term, by shorter term, I mean with, within two years uh, versus like two to 10 years, I, I think the most exciting shorter term thing is literally just like, um, you, you know how a lot of people, uh, even like this, right? Like, like you join a, a, a Twitter space and you talk to people like the monkey style, they often have a Ceylon leading like a chillin sort of uh, uh, Twitter space where sometimes there's only five people, but sometimes there's like 300, right? And people just like talk to each other and interact. And also, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our discords, we try to have uh, similar things, right? In the Solana NFT space, where you might have 20 people, you might have 200 people, right? Like uh, join join a Discord uh, stage and, and talk to each other and ask questions and do AMAs, right? And, and that's great. That's fun. And that's part of, of what makes being in a Solana NFT community valuable. And that's what makes it um, valuable to own one of these NFTs, to join one of these communities. But but that is not the future, right? <laughs> like like two to five to ten years from now, right? <laughs> like that is that's not an immersive, cohesive, powerful experience, right? So so I think I think that some so one of the things that I'm trying really 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 hard to work with partners on achieving is imagine if you know instead of that you had something like a Monkey Dow Clubhouse inside Neo Nexus. You fly over there and you're sort of uh, you know SimCity, uh, Google Street Maps view. Uh, you double click on that and all of a sudden you are, you know, maybe a pixel character. I don't know, it, the art could be simple, but that's not what makes it important, right? Like you're, you're a 3D walking character in a room with 300 of your best friends with audio. And, and you know, we can uh, hopefully set some rules. So maybe uh, you, you can have certain rooms where it's like um, only certain people can speak, whereas you have other rooms where everybody can speak and you can talk and walk around, interact and, and you know, uh, uh, maybe emote with 300 of your best friends in a single room with full audio functionality and be able to also hang up uh, 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 paintings uh, representing NFTs that you own on the walls of that clubhouse, of that room, right? I, I think in the shorter term, you know, within the two-year time frame, that is the number one thing I am most excited about. And I think that once we get there, uh, we will see a lot of Twitter spaces, discords, live streams move into that format because honestly, it's just more fun. It's just more fun. You can walk around, you can play pranks, right? Jump on the head of, of your friend, uh, you know, you, you can maybe change how your avatar looks. You can, uh, you know, um, uh, emote funny uh, uh, emotions and, and you can hang up your NFTs on the wall. Right? Imagine like you, you join a monkey DAO chilling Twitter space talk now and you're like, hey, Ceylon or, or hey, Nobu, check out this really cool NFT I got. And they're like, oh, where is it? It's like, oh, yeah, check out my Twitter feed. It's like, oh, I can't find it. Right. <laughs> that experience is horrible. Right. <laughs> Imagine if instead of that. You join a, a 3D room with 300 of your best friends and you're walking around and you walk over to a wall and you're like, hey, guys, check out this cool NFT I bought. And then, boom, it appears on the wall. The video is playing with sound and, and people can check it out. And they're like, wow, that's really awesome. Check out mine. And boom, somebody else pays there, there too. Right. So, so that is something I'm super excited about. That sounds super cool. I was kind of imagining as, as you speak, you know, maybe in the future for Neo Nexus building. Yeah instead of a room you you could have like a full building yeah. and you know maybe level one you could have different activities level two you can have have some activities it's possible it's definitely possible like for example yeah. like imagine you like all 300 
uh, aping into a min together. Like, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it would be crazy. Dude, imagine if we can literally like like uh, uh, show a, 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 a screen share of the mint site like on, on a movie screen inside Neo Nexus and you have 300 people seated in the movie theater like eating their fake popcorn, right? And preparing to press mint and then everybody just starts yelling like oh i got one i got one right like it's gonna be insane dude like it's gonna be like what we currently have but on steroids and then yes yes we want to build that we want to build that yeah exactly exactly and in terms of legality I, I don't know how how far it goes but maybe you could have like a poker room oh. that's that's gonna be so yeah sick. i was just gonna say that you know like you said on the levels you could have a an arcade level a, a yeah, a gambling casino level, you know. I don't know the reality like Zulana said, but yeah, <laughs> a level, movie theater level. That'd be amazing. And you yep. have different buildings that have certain things in the metaverse. Oh, yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, th there's a lot of other stuff I'm most interested in, but but you, you told me to pick one, and, and I, I think that would be number one, yeah. Uh, in, in the two-year time frame, yes. That's awesome. That's super exciting. Yeah, VR is something that is like, yeah, I've been thinking about VR personally for a long time. It's going to change the world. Like VR is going to be, it's it's going to be everything. It's going to change education. It's going to change interaction remotely. Um, I think the fact you're competing in the main space that Facebook is also going for, I think that's probably pretty bullish for the prospects of the industry. Um, yeah, Brig, Brig is very big into VR. Like he, on a personal level, he keeps speaking to me like about VR and how, <laughs> and how bullish he dude, is on the future of VR. Oh my God, dude, VR is like, it's, yeah, it's going to change everything. It like gives you the ability to actually experience a situation that you've never experienced before, but like in the actual safety of your home. So like, uh, there's just like, there's so many applications for education, for like, for therapy, for so many different, just like, we have the ability, you know, they say that, um, uh, what's, there's a quote about not repeating history because we've written it down. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that's necessarily working. We do seem to kind of repeat ourselves, uh, despite being able to write down our mistakes. But what if we could actually relive our mistakes? Like, that's the potential of VR to me. And, like, I just, I think it's really going to change the entire fabric of how, like, of how humans operate, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't have to learn about fascism 100 years ago. I can now put on my VR headset and experience what it's like to be inside of, like, a fascist regime or something like that. Like, that's just one example. Like, how can we repeat the same mistakes of the past if we actually live through them ourselves? Um... Yeah, I'm super bullish on the future of VR. So excited yeah. that that's the direction that you're working in, Jack. I think you have a great head on your shoulders, and I'm super excited for. Uh, yeah, so so we're we're, we're definitely on. yeah we're definitely working simultaneously in multiple directions. So so we are going VR, we are going AR, we're also going like top down, like you know like RTS, uh, SimCity view. So so we're doing all three. We're doing all three absolutely. I, I don't know which functions and which features will be available in in any of the all three. Uh, but it will be a combination of, of the three. And I absolutely agree with you on VR. You know, uh, people have started using VR 
to treat people uh, with, with fear of heights, right? Imagine being in a safe environment, but being on top of a skyscraper and looking down and being able to sort of, okay, let me start one floor up versus five floor ups versus 50 floor ups and, and slowly build that up uh, so that people can, can be less afraid and also to treat other traumas as well. And there was another project that, that I read about, uh, the research paper came out and it was super, super fascinating. Uh, and it was very um, insightful and very um, worked out very well. And it was this idea of like, it's so hard to teach people like what it means to be someone who is not them, right? Like, like you know, how do you teach someone who is a, a six foot tall Caucasian male what it feels like to be a four foot tall uh, African-American woman or a five foot tall uh, Asian lady walking down the streets, right? And, and they have achieved things such as, or, or, you know, in terms of race or in terms of gender or in terms of, of other factors, right? But, but if you can create a VR experience where all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is how the world looks now that I'm a little shorter or that I'm a little taller. Oh, you know, this is how I feel when somebody catcalls me, right? And I have a female's body and someone catcalls me. And, and being able to walk through and live that experience has been shown through research to be much more impactful than any other type of traditional training for, for workplace, uh, you know, sensitivity training and things like that. Because you're literally in that person's shoes. You look down, you see the color of your skin. You, you see the shape of your body. And that just makes you have, have a different visceral experience uh, when that sort of abuse uh, is, is spewed uh, onto you. So, so definitely, I'm also extremely, extremely bullish on VR. And I think we're, we're so super, super early on that. There's, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep this train rolling because it's something I'm so excited about too. So there's another um, study that I've heard about where it's a VR like talk therapy practice. And what they'll have you do is they sit you down across from kind of like a typical Freud, Darwin looking psychologist um, in VR. And so this other character is sitting across the desk from you. You maybe explain things that you're struggling with, things that you'd like to share with someone else. And then what they do is after you're through um, talking about the, the problems that you're having, uh, they flip you around. And what they have you do is you sit in the eyes of the psychologist on the other side of the desk and you watch your avatar play back the problems that you just spoke. Oh my uh, God, that's so cool. That's so cool. Dude, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm incredibly bullish on VR. I think it's one of the most exciting spaces that you could be developing in. Um, I would love for us to be implementing some VR elements into Zulana at some point. It's like of yeah extreme personal interest to me it's it's pretty sweet to hear that you guys are thinking about it seriously yeah so so unfortunately i, I do have a, a meeting in, in six minutes that i should really join because i have meetings queued up all the rest of the day so i i, I think i'm gonna start wrapping up now uh but i would like to invite you know brick or dd do you have any last thoughts or actually i, I see that cabin uh, you know cabin did you have a question for us Oh yeah, uh, can you hear me? Sorry, it's the first time speaking on Spaces. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, so thanks for your time. I, I'm very bullish on VR as well, you know, in general, just uh, seeing the future in that in terms of games. But I wanted to just like kind of shift the focus towards games because obviously I heard a lot of League of Legends and Axie Infinity. And as a, you know, part of a game development studio and working with publishers, I always see players, you know, paying money to developers and publishers for the game. However, for me, NFTs, uh, what I see is the possibility, for example, to play to earn games is for players to finally get something, get something in return whilst playing games. So I was wanted to hear your thoughts in terms of play to earn, in terms of different genres and what you think or where it's going to go in the future.
So one thing about play to earn games is um, people are literally playing to earn right now instead of enjoying the game by itself. So I think one one of the more impe- uh, important metric that future games should be looking at should be play and earn instead of play to earn. Um, in terms of what you spoke about for Axie Infinity, uh, one thing that they did really, really well is to unlock in-game assets uh, to have that accessibility uh, empowering players to, you know, earn through their game. But based on... So just imagine a AAA game that you actually enjoy and you could actually play and earn on that game by itself. Like, that's going to be what's dominating the space in the, in the very near future. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that as well. I, I think that... I, I, you know, I, I actually talked to a professional uh, uh, ex-CEO of a gaming company and, and play-to-earn is such a buzzword and, you know, that's, that's everything you see on a slide deck when you present to VCs, right? I, you know, I, I think people are missing the point. Like, I, I think the adjacent point is much, much more important and that is the point of owning financial, like financial ownership of assets within games and being able to sell, trade, uh, upgrade, improve them, uh, combine them in secondary markets and other ecosystems. I also think the, the royalty system uh, that can be embedded within NFTs are extremely powerful. It allows companies like mine to, uh, we've essentially actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but at this point, we've airdropped 60,000 NFTs for free, okay? 60,000 NFTs for free to people's wallets, uh, mostly for golden ticket uh, holders. Uh, and, and we're probably going to airdrop another 100,000 more before the end of the year. And uh, I know that is ridiculous, and you cannot do this on any other blockchain, but we can do it, and, and we can do it with great art. And, you know, sure, they're not super unique. Uh, there's maybe only a few different kinds when we airdrop them. But honestly, like, that, that is what it is, right? Like, when you buy a movie poster for The Matrix, there's maybe 10 different really cool posters to choose from, and you want to hang it on your wall, right? That's, that's sort of where we're going with. We have a, a few different designs of really cool artwork, like the skyscraper posters. We have five designs. We, we give them to you for free. Uh, in the future in Neo Nexus, you can hang them on, on your wall. And they're beautifully uh, animated and rotating and, you know, flat poster with 3D uh, characteristics. And, and, and the reason we can do that and we can fund it, and yes, partly it's marketing costs, but also we believe that we can make a lot of money on secondary sales, right? Like if we build a game, we build an experience, if we build an ecosystem that is thriving and healthy, right, then we will make money on the posters because we will collect the 5% royalty on secondary. But, but if we fail, right? You know, if we give up, if we go bankrupt, if I get hit by a bus and the rest of the team doesn't want to continue, right, and, and nobody wants to play our game, then those posters are worthless and we don't, we don't make anything, right? So, so th- I think it's an incredible alignment of, of financial uh, um, motivations and financial incentives and financial goals because basically we're saying to our users, hey, we're going to give you this thing that's either cheap or free. And the only way that we can make money back on that investment and actually be profitable is if we succeed and we give you something that we promised, or if it's even better than we promised, and these posters go up really high in value, and we collect the secondary fees. The other thing is, I, I think, like, uh, this is the part I really agree with Brick and, and Didi on, and this idea of, like, you don't want to create an ecosystem where it's not fun to play the game, but people are only playing because they want to earn the money, right? Then it becomes more of, like, a job, right? Uh, I, I want to kind of, like, flip that on his head and basically, um, basically be, like, the complete opposite, which is how do you create a universe, a metaverse, that is so real that people want to pay you 
for, for your contributions and your, and your valuable goods. Right? I'll give you an example. Right? So in the future, you know, a whole bunch of people have, have NeoNexus buildings. But imagine you're like, hey, I want to have a mural on my building. Right? In real life, you might pay a student or a school or an artist or, or you know, uh, somebody in real life, you might pay them to paint a beautiful mural on your building. What if you can do that in NeoNexus? What if there are artists who are actively offering you, hey, I can paint you a custom mural of your design on your building that you own, and we facilitate that, and we charge a very small you know, fee as the in-between, go-between you know, marketplace maker for that, and, and you're giving people actual items of value that they're specifically asking you for and paying you for, right? And that's just one example, right? We have uh, so many other examples. Like, imagine owning an art gallery building inside uh, of NeoNexus, and instead of a play-to-earn game where you click a few buttons, you, you touch a few dials, you send your words to fight, and, and you, you win some money, what if instead, as part of the art gallery, you get to showcase some of your favorite NFT art, you get to design and curate the 3D art gallery that people can fly through, and then if people want to buy the art that either you've bought or minted other places, or you've created yourself, they can literally double-click that within the experience of exploring your art gallery and be able to buy that in-app without leaving the NeoNexus ecosystem, right? So, so we're basically like instead of trying to make instead of trying to make a universe where people want to do stuff in order to earn money, we want to make a universe where the things that you're doing are so valuable that people want to pay you money for it, right? So that's kind of like flipping the paradigm on its head, and that that's kind of where I want to go with this. Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you so much for the answer. I mean, like in terms of as a game development studio, and there are people who are reaching out to us all the time. Um, we try, we always reject some offers because they're always there just to like copy Axie Infinity and create a game just for people to come in and earn. And as a game development studio, we just want to you know create games that you know people already enjoy with, but then you know find a way to integrate the NFTs so they can also play games they enjoy, but also earn whilst playing. So uh, thank you for your point of view. I really appreciate it. Uh, Jack, I got a quick question for you. Uh, sorry to steer the conversation. So the airdrops for the golden tickets, one through 5K, um, you're just going to airdrop one building per pre-5K golden ticket? And oh, I'll, I'll no explain. Yeah, no, no. So so you're being airdropped. Uh, so the snapshot is happening tonight. Later this week or next week, you'll be, you'll be airdropped a, a token. So it'll be a token that's kind of like the golden ticket, right? It's its own NFT. It's 3D, it's animated, it spins in your wallet, and it looks really nice. Uh, and, and the token will basically have a number on it, uh, two through five, so two, three, four, five. And depending on which number you get, uh, that's what guarantees you a mint in, in drops two, three, four, five. Uh, drop two is gonna be commercial buildings, mostly food related, uh, restaurants, uh, supermarkets, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and then uh, when we open the mint for drop two, uh, initially, you're going to have a large time period. You don't need to rush. You don't need to have fast. And that's when the Twitter space was rugged. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it.